Side of the Force. I'm Neil Harrington, and we are joined by a very special guest here. You might know him as Star Wars Explained. His name hey. is Alex Damon. Alex, thank you so much for joining us. We're grateful to have you with us. No problem. All right, so Last Jedi, gosh, moments, hours, days left. What are yours and Molly's plans for The Last Jedi? Uh, we're going to see it at 7 p.m. on Thursday night. That's the earliest show we could find. Well, there was a 6 p.m., but it was in 3D, and I just don't like 3D. So. No, me neither. I'd rather, <laughs> see it a day, I'd rather see it a day later than do the 3D thing, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. So with The Last Jedi, what are your expectations for it with all the buzz and everything, but what are you expecting to get out of The Last Jedi? I'm just expecting to love it. I mean, so far, I haven't really looked at any reviews. I just looked at kind of first reactions from some people that I trust and know, and those guys have been raving about it, so I'm expecting that I will love it. That, that's all I'm expecting. <laughs> yeah, same here. And with Luke Skywalker and Rey, what do you think we're going to get with their relationship in terms of Jedi learner, or maybe not so? I'm not sure. Like, I guess based on outside sources like Rebels and books and stuff, I am kind of expecting that maybe the Jedi will end and they'll try something new, but... I could also see them not going that way, and maybe Luke coming back to his original way of thinking of, like, okay, maybe the Jedi can work out. I don't know, I could see it going either way, uh, but I guess I'm leaning towards the starting some sort of new Force-based belief system. What role do you think Kylo Ren will have in that? Are Rey and Kylo going to join forces, or are they just going to balance each other out? What are your predictions for that? I don't know. I mean, the the trailer shot where he raises his hand to her and all that, like, I don't think he's actually raising his hand to her as she says, like, I need someone to show me my place and all this. Maybe it's like a similar scene, but I just think that those two shots are different scenes altogether, and they were just trying to misdirect us. Um, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to get a redemption arc from Kylo just because we got that in Darth Vader and I don't know if they're afraid that's going to be too similar but I'd also kind of like to see it I really like the character of Kylo Ren <laughs> so same here uh, like I, I've just been staying away from so many leaks or like I don't want to know anything so I've watched the trailers and some of the TV spots and that's about it yeah pretty much and I know for you and for us here it's difficult to stay away because we're plugged in their social media we have to go through our news sources you do videos every day so, yeah, I'd rather just be off on Oct 2 or Dagobah and just isolate myself <laughs> for the next few days, and I've been doing my best as well. I had someone send me an email yesterday, and the subject title was just, Is this a spoiler? And I was like, Nope, <laughs> delete. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, unfriend block, you know, all that stuff. Um, and also for The Last Jedi, Snoke. Obviously, those t-shirts, you know, your Snoke theory sucks. But, like, it's Snoke... Shout out to Steel Wars. Yes, I love that guy. And we'll get yeah. more into your interaction with him here in a moment over at the Schmodown, and that's a really cool thing. But with Snoke, is he just going to be some random weirdo dude that's been, you know, creeping around the Unknown Regions for a while? Or is he going to be really integral to the story of Star Wars itself? I think both. Um, I think they're probably going to give him some history eventually, but... For now, just based on other, again, books and comics and stuff, it sounds like they're just hinting towards he was some sort of very powerful dark side user in the Unknown Regions. The Chiss seem to be afraid of something in the Unknown Regions. 
Palpatine was trying to contact something in the Unknown Regions. He thought maybe it was the source of the dark side. So I think he's related to that. I don't think he is Darth Plagueis or anyone that we've met before. Uh, actually, you say that, I actually have the... <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> that was not planned, folks. That was yes. the will of the I force just right there. I, I have it sitting <laughs> next to my Snoke Funko Pop. So. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so um, let's talk about your channel. It's blown up. I've been a huge fan for a few years now. I've learned so much from your channel, so thank you so much for oh, thank you. being so dedicated with the material. And just talk about how that got started and, you know, from the beginnings to where it's on now. It's such a huge thing. It's so many people following. Yeah, coming up on 400,000, which is nuts. Awesome. Uh, I, I started it because I go to this thing called Dragon Con every year. It's an Atlanta-based nerd convention. <laughs> and they have a, a Star Wars uh, trivia contest every year. And I was always like, I was good at Star Wars trivia for whatever reason. So I would enter and I would always do okay and like, Every year I'd walk out of that and be like, this year I'm going to study. And then I wouldn't. And then the next, like, the same, it was over and over. I'd be like, I'm going to study this year. I'm going to study this year. Yeah. And then I was finally like, you know what? I, I am going to study. And it was shortly after, like, the announcement of new films and stuff. So I was like, I could maybe document it and put it online. Like, that's just a good way for me to learn is, like, I'll read something and then I'll have to write it in a script, and then I'll have to record a voiceover for it, and then I'll put the video up. And so, like, it really helps me retain that knowledge. And then people just started following that, and it, it grew into something I never, ever would have imagined. But yeah, it started because I wanted to do better at Star Wars trivia at Dragon Con, which I have still yet to win. I came in oh. second this past year. Like, <laughs> the, it, the, the contest is so ridiculously hard, like... The kid that runs it is a masochist, I'm sure of it. Or, or a sadist, I think. He wants to, like, make everyone up on that panel suffer. <laughs> and speaking of trivia, you were just in L.A. for a little thing called the Star Wars uh, Schmodan Trivia Contest with Collider. Yeah. So talk about that experience from your journey there, obviously, and then from going and let us know how you did on the actual show itself. I could gush about the Schmodown forever. Uh, I have been a fan of that show for at least a year. I think I heard about it about a year ago. Mm -hmm, same here. Uh, it was probably when Sam Witwer and Freddie Prince Jr. were on it doing the Star Wars version of it. Yes. I think that was their first Star Wars match. And then I was like, oh, this show is great. And like, <laughs> I love just movie trivia in general. So I really got swept up into the whole thing. And then uh, I met Ken Knapsack online, and he helped us get into the Schmodown panel at Stel Star Wars Celebration. And so then I just kind of kept starting talking to Ken, and uh, Christian heard that I was a fan and that I would want to appear. So after a couple months of that, he was like, hey, we're going to do another Star Wars one. Do you want to come? I was like, absolutely. Oh, dude, that's so cool. So <laughs> that, that's how that came about. And then... Being there was just, it was nerve-wracking. I felt like, of the people up there, I guess I had the most to lose yeah. by appearing. Because I have set myself up to, like, be knowledgeable. And now I yeah. have to prove that, like, I, I can do this without Wikipedia sitting in front of me. <laughs> sure. Everyone else, obviously, was very smart in Star Wars. And they have, like, their own Star Wars properties. But no one, I don't know, had 
set themselves up as like this expert. So like yeah, Steel, yeah. he got to go and he could have fun and he'd make jokes. And I was just so <laughs> nervous the whole time. Like I'm very tense through the whole thing. So I hopefully tell. next you, time. You look pretty oh, calm, good. man. Seriously, like <laughs> I was rooting for you. As much as I love Sam Witwer, I was rooting for you to take him down. And um, there's a gift floating out there whenever um, explain that moment in terms of you know your wife's involvement in there because I can tell like from that gift you said she really drilled and prepared you for the event so like did that help going into it or did that make you a little more nervous in the process no it helped immensely I was almost like what, when was that uh, I can't even remember like I was just so busy I felt like that I was like I just don't have time to study and Molly's like no we're studying you need to study so like <laughs> we would watch the movie as we did that, she would write down everything she thought was a possible trivia question, and then wow. after the movie was over, she would ask me all of them, and then the ones that I didn't know right away, she would, like, keep that as a list. So uh, then when we got there, there were a good four or five questions that she specifically asked me that I would not have gotten. So if awesome. we hadn't studied, I would have done much worse. <laughs> I would have been really upset with myself and my performance. Uh, but yeah, that the R four P one seven question where like I you can see me look off camera. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's like one of my favorite just memories of this past year was mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm on the Schmodown with Sam Witwer, but then like we have this little unspoken connection where I'm like quietly thank you. So <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was fun, and thank God we studied. Yeah, well, I could tell you're definitely ready for it. It came down to the wire. So talk about. That's pretty much going back and forth. All the others were slowly getting eliminated and stuff like that, and it was basically down to you and Sam. So talk about that moment. Did you think, oh, shoot, you know, I'm going down the trench run here, full throttle? Like, did you think you were going to win at that point? Uh, well, and Joseph Scrimshaw, too. Uh, yeah. He was tied with me for second, and I knew he was going to be a problem like because i'd been on his podcast before oh cool and i was like we didn't really talk trivia but i kept hearing people say like oh don't don't like count scrimshaw out he knows his stuff and i was like he's probably going to be trouble and i remember (laughs) the one question that sam missed i was like writing down my answer i was like i'm going to be the only one to steal this this is going to be great and then joseph got it too i was like dang it (laughs) uh so yeah we were Going into the third round, I was pretty sure that he, Sam had won. I thought it was all going to come down to round two, who got the lucky spins and who didn't, and who got the most steals. So uh, when we were going into round three and Sam had a two-point lead, I was like, he has probably got this unless he just has a complete brain fart. And that happened before at the previous one, too. And yep. ironically... If I remember correctly, he got the same question or at least the same topic again, almost as redemption. So I thought that was, yeah. And of course, his reaction was like, "This has got yeah. to be rigged." But it was definitely random, at least from what I could tell. And I thought that was a good moment for Sam. I I was rooting for you, but I was happy for Sam that he was able to get redemption and he'll have a shot at Ken once again. Yeah, I mean, up. for the storyline aspect of the showdown, I think that's probably for the best because everyone wants to see Ken and Sam go again, like. In all honesty, most people didn't know who I was going into that. Like now, a lot of people have been like, "Oh, we have to get Scrimshaw and Damon back." So that's awesome. great to hear. But I, I, I'm happy to see Ken and Sam go one on one. 
Well, I definitely hope you get a shot to, you know, to take him down this time around. And now you know what to expect, just like any other, like in football or baseball or any sport, you know, teams that make the playoffs for the first time don't know what to expect. But the next year they come, they always take that next step. And I think that you have a really good shot at taking it down. It was fun. I was rooting for you the entire time because I followed your videos and have been for a while now. So it's almost like, you know, you're part of my personal Star Wars family and stuff, you and Dash and stuff like that. I really love your videos. That's really been an inspiration for me and with me wanting to get involved with here at Dork Side of the Force. So I appreciate just everything that you guys do in that realm. And I was definitely rooting for you, man. Yeah, well, they're saying that they are probably going to have me and Scrimshaw do a one-on-one at some point, which oh. I'm like, yeah, of course I want to do that, but I also don't want to do that. Like, yeah. Just because I'm... I know he's going to be just as much trouble as Sam. And definitely more study sessions with Molly in the future yeah. once that comes into fruition. Yep. And, Alex, it's no secret that you are somewhat of a fan of Biggs. <laughs> Talk about yeah. where that love for... Can you see the, the, the shrine right back yes, there? Yes, <laughs> I love it. it up, but... No, I see it. It's awesome. And talk about what's inspired that. Obviously, Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader are the big ones, but why is Biggs your personal favorite? It's kind of like an out-of-universe. It, it, it was something that um, made me love movies and the behind-the-scenes stuff and just how they were made and not just the stories. But I remember when I first got into Star Wars, and then it was in 97. It was before that. Like I remember when the special editions came out, I knew who Biggs was, and that like added scene was put in. But you saw these images of, like, Luke and Biggs on Tatooine, and I was like, well, that wasn't in the movie. And I was young enough to be like, I just haven't heard about deleted scenes before, and I'm like, well, why did they cut that out? What? It just became, like, this mythical thing that I was like, I really want to see that scene and understand. And it was before DVDs were a thing, and I remember the only way you could get to that scene was by unlocking it on some CD-ROM thing, so like my <laughs> friend and I had to figure out how to do it, and it became this quest to find this scene that frankly isn't that good. Like it was, <laughs> It's good that it was deleted, but yeah, yeah. by that point, I was just so enthralled by Biggs and what happened to his character, why his scenes were cut, so it, it kind of came from that, and then uh, I don't know, it, it, it's half a joke that has now grown into reality <laughs> where I do actually get excited every time I see Biggs pop up. So so you're definitely pulling for a Biggs, if not a movie, a Biggs novel or comic <laughs> or something like that. And there's probably more material than we actually might think of in terms of his time defecting and everything. I could see another, like, uh, do a five-issue comic arc for him. I don't think he could. I, I have no illusions about him being able to stand on a like have a whole movie yeah uh but a, a comic series yeah i'd be excited for that and you mentioned this external content deleted scenes some are canon some are not and speaking of canon you know when the acquisition of disney and lucasfilm happened were you a hardcore legends fan and did that move upset you at first and if so has your mind changed in that realm in terms of legends canon and that whole you know, almost two sides. You have a dark side, light side feud between people that like Legends and Canon. Can those yeah. two sides connect? I mean, I think they should be able to. I do remember when the announcement was made being a little bit like, huh, like I had some confusing feelings about it, but I quickly got over it because I'm like, if that's the price we pay to get a new Star Wars movies and not only that, but a new one every year, mm-hmm. like 
it makes sense. I get it. They can't just... Well, first of all, what storyteller wants to just remake the stories that have already been done? Like, I was talking to this... I'm talking about this to Timothy Zahn uh, at DragonCon. He's like, of course he's happy that Thrawn's back, but it's not like he just wants to rewrite his old stories for canon. That would be boring to him. <laughs> that would be boring for Ryan Johnson to just adapt uh, Heir to the Empire or to adapt Knights of the Old Republic for his new trilogy. Like, nobody wants to just adapt someone else's work. They want to do something new. And I, I think it makes sense from a storytelling standpoint. So, yeah, it doesn't bother me now. Uh, and I I understand why people are upset about it, but the stories are still there. They're still just as good. I still read Legends books. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, same here. Uh, and the thing is, like, it's not like people are saying bring Legends back. It hasn't gone anywhere. It's not like somebody went and burned all the books and deleted all the files. Like, they're still there. And for me, reading the Tarkin novel and knowing what I know about the Plagueis novel, mm -hmm. it's like, all right, 114D's canon. And they allude stuff with Tarkin and Palpatine's origins. So I'm like, all right, that's pretty cool. So I can have my own personal headcanon as long as... Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sure you're the same way. If it doesn't contradict the ongoing story, like, clearly, I can, like, say, all right, this is canon. Like, same with the Darth Bane... Not yeah, I was novels. about to say that. I love the Darth Bane trilogy. So in my mind, like, that's just his history for now. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, if they go back and touch it, cool. But it'd be really awesome if they use aspects of that for a film. I'm really hoping that's what Ryan Johnson was going to do. It looks like it's going to be something completely different. So um, what are you hoping and expecting from Ryan Johnson with this new trilogy? Uh, well, I'm excited that it's going to be just its own thing. Uh, I'm excited to get away from the Skywalkers. Like, all of the new canon stuff right now is surrounding them. Yes. So I feel like this will be an opportunity to open the door to really get weird with Star Wars. <laughs> and th that, to me, is great news. Not to mention the fact that they greenlit a trilogy from him before The Last Jedi even came out. Like, that bodes well for The Last Jedi. Pretty good sign, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do hope he goes Old Republic or, like, more ancient history. We just haven't explored that very much in the new canon. So, uh, I, to me, that's what I want to see the most. I'd rather go to the past than the future. And when, so mm -hmm. I think it was Steel Saunders that said something about how, hey, maybe while he was developing the history of the Jedi for The Last Jedi, he like got these ideas, and maybe that's what he wants to explore now. Is there a character or storyline that you do not want them to touch? I will... If they ever bring back the clones of Emperor Palpatine... Uh, that I hated that. That's here. <laughs> just like let him die. I don't. I just don't like it in general when there's no consequences of death. I didn't like mm. that they brought Darth Maul back in the Clone Wars, but I love his episodes. Like I think his storylines were wonderful. I just was like, if he can survive being cut in half, now we have people saying, well, Mace Windu is Snoke. Like no, he's not. But <laughs> but. It's plausible because Darth Maul survived being cut in half. So seriously, it's just I, I don't like the the avenues that that allows people to go down. 
Um, again, I love Darth Maul's storylines. I just wasn't a fan of him coming back. But uh, that that's... I, I just don't like it when other plot elements are cheapened. Like, I feel like Clone Emperor, <laughs> that, that just ruins... It doesn't ruin Darth Vader's redemption, but it makes his sacrifice less. Yes. Because he didn't end the Sith. P- Palpatine's still going. So that's just one thing that I never, ever want to see again. Yeah, same Although, here. I did like in Aftermath, I think, Empire's End, they had... Or maybe it was Life Debt. They had rumors that Palpatine had lived multiple lives and being, been reincarnated. Like, I don't mind, like, little fun allusions to mm-hmm. Legends, but just as long as it doesn't happen for real. They kind of did that a little bit, too, in um, Shattered Empire, as well as the Battlefront 2 canon story, mm-hmm. you know, with Operation Cinder and Palpatine living on through those, you know, those, those cool-looking droids there. So they, you know, they got a little bit, kind of alluded to it a little bit there. And uh, speaking of Battlefront 2... You were doing a live stream of every channel. Talk about that and some things you discovered by playing the canon storyline. That was actually like the third time I'd played it when I streamed it. Oh, wow, um, no way. I've played that thing like five times at this oh, point. Awesome. Um, I got to go out to San Francisco to EA's headquarters, and they let us like get some early footage oh, so that we could hit the ground running with that That's with that great. story campaign. Um yeah, the the thing that I love most about that story is how well it fits in with everything else that's going on. Uh, the Easter eggs and just the even little details, like the fact that Han has a beard in his level. <laughs> yeah, that it, it's just very apparent that uh, Mitch and Walt, the writers, they love Star Wars. They know everything about it. They didn't just like slap together some story. They really made sure that it fit. What was your favorite part of the game, whether it be the canon storyline or some certain campaign modes that really stuck out to you? Um, hmm. I, I mean, I was most excited for the story, at just getting a new story and playing through it. Uh, but the whole game is just beautiful. Like, it feels like you are in Star Wars. So it is a lot of fun to me. There's so much drama going around about the game and the way that progression works and all that and I get that but the game is so much fun to me and I, what's really upsetting is that I happen to be good at it. I'm not really good at a lot of games but I'm like I wish more people played this because <laughs> I, I, I'm actually pretty good. <laughs> and there's one aspect of that the campaign canon storyline and you and I come out on different sides of it but it's still fun to debate it and I'm not saying it's for sure going to happen but there are some clues hinting that Item Versio and Dell might be the parents of a certain scavenger. Uh, talk about sure. your thoughts on that certain theory of race uh, heritage. Yeah, I just don't think the timelines match up. Um, I, I did a whole video on it because everyone was doing videos <laughs> on, like, Dell and I are going to raise parents. And I was like, no, they're not. <laughs> just, and then I, like, broke down the timeline and... Um, I just don't think that, first of all, if they, in the movie, if in The Last Jedi, they're like, your parents are Iden Versio and Del Mico, 95% of the theater is going to go, what? Huh? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they've released a trailer for the new uh, story continuation that comes out on 
Wednesday? Yeah, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it it includes Ida Nandel's daughter in it. So I think that pretty much confirms, unless they had another daughter, but I, I think that theory is out the window. Yeah, thanks a lot for crushing my dreams there. That's I'm what sorry. I was hoping I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I wrote an article on it, and then I saw your video shortly after. I'm like, yep, he is exposing the holes in this article, but <laughs> nevertheless, it was still fun to speculate there. Oh, yeah, I mean, like, that's half the fun of Star Wars is everyone, like, making these theories. And some of them, the the Ray and Iden one, like, it was plausible. It had legs. But some of them are just insane. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, like, that's the fun of it is just trying to figure out what's going on. And as, as much as, yeah, your Snoke theory might suck, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter if you had yeah. fun, like, piecing these things together. Yeah, absolutely. And um, speaking of the canon storyline, what has been your favorite, or maybe you know, favorites of the new Star Wars canon storyline so far? Um, like favorite books or comics or yeah, what yeah, have you? yeah, anything. Yeah, uh, Lost Stars and Thrawn have probably been my top two books right now. I'm just, I love the character of Thrawn, and I think Timothy Zahn is a fantastic writer. Uh, Claudia Gray also all three of her books I thought were phenomenal but Lost Stars is the one that I really like it was one of the early ones in the new canon and I read it and it just like totally grabbed me and I love like I really like stories about normal people that don't have the superpowers but live in this world where they exist (laughs) so Lost Stars is like going through the entire original trilogy but through the eyes of a couple regular soldiers so seeing all of these crazy events from another point of view is a lot of fun like the one i always talk about is uh cyena is an imperial and she has to order four tie fighters to chase the millennium falcon through an asteroid field and she's like they're gonna die like why do we care about this freighter like no one tells her we know why darth vader wants it and it makes sense to us but Mm -hmm. then most of the soldiers are like why is this so important? Like, we're losing Star Destroyers in an asteroid field. All the We're just sending these pilots to die for a freighter. Who cares? Hmm. So it's really interesting to get that take. Um, my favorite comic has been the Lando comic, just because I wasn't expecting it to be as heavy as it was. I, I was thinking, Lando, it's going to be fun and silly. And, it, like, it, it was. It was fun and exciting, and it had this heist aspect to it. But then Lobot's story, like, hit you in the gut. So... And I just, I've always liked Lobot, too. Um, yeah, those are, like, my go-to stories when people ask, what what book should I read or what comic should I read? So, what about the Darth Vader 2017 arc? I mean, I love the 2015 yeah. one. I'm like, there's no way they can top this. And yeah, both, they both have. of them. Both of the Darth Vader comics were phenomenal. They were. And, yeah, just about every issue of this new arc, I'm like, there's something huge in it. Um getting to see him bleed a crystal and like oh, kill his first Jedi and so awesome where his castle is going to be and there, there's so much stuff in that to tear apart I really like the Jocasta new arc right now mm-hmm. even like the kind of goofy stuff where she has <laughs> a lightsaber gun I'm yeah. like yeah I'm, I'm in <laughs> uh, yeah same here sold <laughs> and that's one thing that I really enjoyed about that too because you see her in Attack of the Clones, and also speaking of deleted scenes, there was a scene with her and Obi-Wan Kenobi that, you know, addressing Dooku and everything, and it, it showed 
a side of her that you actually like her a little bit. But when you see that scene with Kenobi, it's like, she's kind of rude. Like, she's kind of stuck up, even in the Clone Wars episode that she's featured in. Yeah. But Everything I, in the yeah. Clone Wars and the films, she does not come off well. No. Where she's like, if it's not in the archives, it doesn't exist. <laughs> like, well, how about you have an open mind? But, but it's yeah, cool. she's much better in the comics. Yeah, it, it redeems her. And I'm surprisingly interested in her story. Because at first I'm like, oh, it's cool to nod to episode two and connecting things together but it's been a really good storyline there and I'm excited to see if Vader ends up taking her to Mustafar and if Mustafar is going to appear in the comic like it did in Star Wars Rebels I sure hope it does and speaking of Rebels you know with The Last Jedi Battlefront 2 coming out Rebels has almost been overshadowed at this point but here in a few weeks we're likely going to get a trailer what are you expecting from finale the second part of Rebels season four and some predictions for that um i'm still predicting slash hoping that kanan and ezra both die like it's not like i really like kanan but they just cannot be around for the original trilogy and sure they could be off in the unknown regions but people are also saying like well maybe thrawn will be off in the unknown regions like that just you can't use the unknown regions for everything I think uh, Kanan for sure has to die I can see Ezra maybe just losing his way and going off somewhere else but I think that they should both be killed off because if they exist anywhere and people know about them and then Luke shows up and he's like I don't know how to use the force Obi-Wan's dead <laughs> they, they should be looking for Ezra and Kanan be like we need help this guy needs help <laughs> Yeah, uh, but no one does that, so I think they need to be dead and gone. Yeah, you're you're spot on because even in Rogue One, when Mon Mothma and Bail Organa have that conversation, you know she mentions his Jedi friend, which of course is Kenobi. Mm-hmm. But in the in the storyline, she had interacted with Reza within months before that. So, like you yep. said, you figure she'd be like, "Hey, there's this force sensitive kid who's really powerful, and this blind Jedi who could do crazy things. Why don't you connect with them?" So, yeah, they're they're Gonzo there. And yep. what are you expecting in terms of Ahsoka? How are they going to bring her character to finish her arc? It's already been confirmed by Dave Filoni and also Ashley Eckstein. When we talked with her, she said that Ahsoka is going to return in some form. Yeah. How do you think that's going to be? Um, I was convinced early on that she would have some connection with the wolves. Still think she does just based on some of the art that Dave Filoni released after uh, the season 2 finale I do think that she should be dead I don't I wouldn't like the idea that Vader let her live if she escaped that's one thing but I just don't want him to have given her any mercy so I guess like Filoni released a bunch of art after their duel in season 2 and it was very, like, underworldy, afterlife kind of stuff to me. And, like, you had the Convor owl thing, and then <laughs> eventually, like, the wolves are involved. So I'm guessing that she has some connection to them, but I, I don't know how she will appear. The, the fact that they were like, she's going to show up, but not in the way that you might expect, that's why I was like, all right, maybe she has a connection with these wolves. It's like, there you go. And especially the fact that those wolves are calling out to Caleb 
or Doom, right. as they say. Mm-hmm. Definitely spot on there. And in terms of Ahsoka, any chance that we see an Ahsoka live action, and if so, would they give that to Dave Filoni as maybe his first shot at a live action Star Wars film? I'm not expecting one. I think there there could be a story there because there's 16 years in between the Ahsoka book and Star Wars Rebels where we don't know exactly what she was up to. So I'm sure they could figure something out. But we were talking to like uh, some of the Battlefront developers and asking them, what heroes would you love to put in Battlefront? And they were like, we'd love to do Ahsoka. We're big Ahsoka fans. But the fact of the matter is most of the people that play Battlefront, if you ask them, would you rather see Padme or Ahsoka, they would say Padme, because hmm. they know who Padme is, and they don't know who Ahsoka is. Most Star Wars fans don't watch the Clone Wars, don't watch Rebels, they just watch the films. And like some of them play the games, and some of them read the books. Like it, It's a very small <laughs> group that takes in everything. So, uh, Ahsoka as a live action movie is something that of course there's a lot of people that would want to see that but in terms of wide scale marketability I just don't know that it makes sense but if you had asked me if I would think that a Guardians of the Galaxy movie would work a few years ago (laughs) I wouldn't have thought that so I think at some point they're going to be able to do anything and as long as it has Star Wars slapped on it, it it'll it'll work. <laughs> and people will be like, who's this Ahsoka character? Don't care. I'm going to go see it. So it, eventually, maybe. Uh, right now, I just don't think it'll happen in the near future. I think that the rumored Obi-Wan movie, I think that is definitely going to happen. I do think they will bring the canceled Boba Fett movie back and hopefully it's not just a Boba Fett movie I like the idea that it's a bounty hunter movie more so than just focused on Boba Fett yes. like I don't want uh, I don't want an Obi-Wan and then a Boba Fett and then a Yoda and like a Jabba movie I don't I <laughs> like I like the idea of Rogue One more where they mm-hmm. find these interesting scenarios to build a story around instead of saying ah we'll just do a Han Solo movie so that that's kind of the route I hope that they go what about with Luke Skywalker in terms of post-Return of the Jedi, that 30-year gap leading up to The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi? Of course, we have Sebastian Stan, who looks like him. Uh, yeah. He's not a Star Wars fan, as you can tell, or he doesn't know a whole lot about it, but do you think that is something they might think of, maybe not for a live-action movie, but maybe their initial TV series? Is that something you think and something that you would want to see? I have said that... Uh, this is actually from Ken Knapsack and the Jedi Collider Council. He said that he would love to see a series about Luke and Lore Santeca exploring oh, yes. the history of the Jedi and the nature of the Force together. That makes complete sense to me because then you can have kind of like the X-Files would have Monster of the Week episodes. Like It's just basically a planet of the week where like today we're going to go to this strange place <laughs> and we're going to learn about how these people use the Force because they're doing a lot of stories, like in the Legends of Luke Skywalker book, there were two stories where Luke goes to a, a planet or a place, and he learns about the Tide, which is just the Force, but the way that this specific world uses it. And then he learns about the Mist, which, again, is just the Force, but it's about how this group uses it. So I think we're seeing all of these different 
force-based belief systems, and we're seeing that it's more than just the Jedi and the Sith, which I think The Last Jedi is probably going to touch on that, but the the idea that we could visit a new planet every week, and it could be a different antagonist, like it could be the group itself, or like one guy, or it could be the planet, or the, like, there's so many different ways that those stories could go, it, it would be very cool. I think that would be more likely for the animated series they're doing, and then the live-action one they're planning for their streaming. My, I, I have no idea, but my best guess is that they would just revisit the scripts that were made for Star Wars Underworld, because yes, please. They, they wrote, like, 50 scripts, and then they had 100 episodes planned out, and then they had 400 total episodes proposed. So I know there was so wow. much work done on that show why not use some of it so that's kind of that that's my best guess as to what the live action show will be about and for you uh you have a really cool promotion going off uh currently uh talk a little bit about that and it's definitely your largest and most wide skill promotion that you're doing for some of your fans the gift guide yeah 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 uh yeah that was uh molly's pet project uh she likes to do that every year and uh well this is our second year doing it but we just reached out, she reached out to a bunch of companies and said, hey, we want to do a gift guide and we want to do a giveaway. Like it, And ThinkGeek sent us a bunch of stuff. Uh, Sphero sent us some stuff. And we just, and we picked up some stuff. So now we just have like this big box of stuff that we're going to awesome. give away to people. Um, so yeah, people can see that on our YouTube channel. I think it's our pinned tweet right now as well. Awesome. And but that's going to that's gonna be going on for another two days. It ends, like, Thursday night, and then we're going to announce who won it on Saturday morning. Man, that's so cool. And um, so your support obviously runs through Patreon. So um, where can people find you in terms of social media and the best way to, to view all of your content? Where can they find you, Alex? Uh, yeah, so YouTube is our biggest place where you can find our community. It's just Star Wars Explained on YouTube. Uh, our Twitter is Star Wars Explain without the ED because we ran out of characters. <laughs> Uh, our Instagram is Star Wars Explained. Our Facebook is Star Wars Explained. Uh, yeah, Patreon I think is Star Wars Explained without the ED. <laughs> um, I do Anchor as well, which is basically just audio versions of the videos that I put out. Uh, if people are like driving or something and they just want to hear it, because most of it is still just conveyed audibly, and the videos are just little visual uh, hints or helps guides. I don't know. <laughs> Awesome. And in terms of what people can expect next from you and Molly with the channel, you guys have grown so much, especially in the past year. Is there anything new or a new venture that you're looking to explore next outside of the videos or expanding upon those? Uh, it, we have some ideas for uh, the channel, so it would be more YouTube stuff. Like, I just kind of started getting into live streaming more regularly. Uh, I had some help from Hello Greedo, another great YouTuber. He, he helped me get all set up uh, with like a cool overlay and stuff so that I can do it and feel like I actually know what I'm doing now. Um, <laughs> so kind of still getting that under control. Um, we've talked about doing kind of like a Jedi Council Collider type podcast. My only problem is that I don't want it to be exactly like Jedi Council, and I feel like they're the gold standard. So I'm yes, trying to figure out like how we can do.
do something unique and not just copy them because I have so much respect for those so the, for those guys. Yeah, same here. They're awesome. I've now Christian Harloff when he made that canon video is what really inspired me to start digging into the Star Wars canon because I was a big Legends guy too, and uh, yeah, they've inspired me too. They're definitely the gold standard there. And uh, you mentioned the fans, Alex. Um, what has been maybe a few fan moments that you've had, whether it be online or maybe at Star Wars Celebration or DragonCon that really stick out to you in terms of people like coming up to you and how does it make you feel that you get recognized when you go out now? It's crazy. I mean, it it only really happened at Star Wars Celebration. I mean, no one knows who we are otherwise, which is fine with me. But like, <laughs> yeah, Star Wars Celebration was surreal. Like, people would recognize me and Molly left and right and we were just, at one point we were just kind of standing around uh waiting to shoot something with Jenny Nicholson and so we were just kind of standing there and people kept coming up like oh my gosh it's you or what my favorite was when little kids would come up and they'd be all excited and then they would ask me a question about Star Wars that I was not prepared for like <laughs> something so obscure and difficult and I was like holy cow kid like <laughs> hey, they're trying I to get you ready know. for the next trivia show right yeah right <laughs> And I'd have to apologize and be like, I don't have an answer for you. That's a great question, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, Celebration was a lot of fun. Uh, Dragon Con, too, it happens occasionally. Like, What's fun there is uh, we did this cosplay video, and that's another one that Molly did. Like, My favorite videos on the channel aren't the ones that I do. It's the ones <laughs> that Molly edits. I, mm-hmm. I thought that cosplay video was so good. It was. So, so we would walk around and just be like, hey, I love your cosplay, can we get a shot of it? And occasionally people would be like, yeah, and then they'd see who we were and they'd be like, oh, holy crap, I'm like so glad I ran into you. And so that was exciting to like be excited to film someone and then have them excited to be filmed by us. (laughs) Well, you've definitely deserved it, Alex, uh, with all the hard work you put into it. And um, so awesome to have you here on the show. And we will definitely be rooting for you at the next, you know, Star Wars Collider Council, uh, Schmodown Trivia, and uh, we'll keep tabs on that as well, and uh, thank you so much for joining us here, and we'll definitely have to catch up soon, maybe after The Last Jedi and Rebels, and see you know, where Star Wars is going on after that, but Alex, thank you so much for joining us here, and it was just, honestly, like me personally, you know, I'm a fan, obviously, and the cool thing about our company here is it's called Fan Sided, so... I'm going to geek out and just say it's such an honor to be talking with you as well. And I've learned so much from you. Keep up the amazing work you do and that Molly does. And it's so awesome to see what's going to happen next with you guys. 